when somebody comes to your site, we want them to do something, right? And that's where the good copy comes in. But when it comes to rank, that's a whole other animal. Links or votes, and you're trying to win an election, you want to get as many votes as possible. And rank has nothing to do with good content. It has everything to do with math. And if you give the algorithm the math that it wants, you can rank. Welcome to Personal Injury Mastermind. I'm your host, Chris Dreyer, founder and CEO of Rankings.io, the elite legal marketing agency. Each week, you get insights and wisdom from some of the best in the industry. On these special Toolkit Tuesdays, we dive deep into conversations with the leading vendors in the legal sphere, the masterminds behind the technologies, services, and strategies to help law firms not just survive, but thrive in today's competitive landscape. Now, this isn't about selling you the latest software or getting kickbacks from affiliate links. It's about bringing you the best so you can be the best for your firm, for your staff, for your clients, and for you. This is Toolkit Tuesday on PIM, your weekly guide to staying sharp in the legal world. Let's go. You need compelling content and high rankings to get more leads for your website. Today, we focus on rankings. SEO doesn't require magic, just science and data. With patented methods and over 1 million uses of his tool, Page Optimizer Pro Kyle Roof knows his rankings. He explains how simplicity keeps Google happy, the power of nailing your on-page SEO, content and internal linking, and best practices for firms with multiple practice areas. Here's Kyle Roof, co-founder of Page Optimizer Pro. I um, got my JD in uh, 2004. I passed the Virginia bar and I practiced law in Virginia for about four years. I was a trial attorney. I did family law, divorce, custody, and support, and some light criminal defense, all the DUIs and probation violations that you can handle. I decided that I'd rather chew on shards of broken glass than do one more divorce. I did what uh, I think most attorneys do. I, I decided to take a year off and um, I moved to South Korea and I taught English to kindergartners. A to B kind of move. <laughs> yeah. Well, what led you over there? Well, so my wife, she was also a trial attorney and she was also burnt out. And um, she was on the computer and she got like an ad on the side. It said like teach English in Croatia. And she's like, wouldn't it be crazy if we just like moved to Croatia? And I was like, that would be crazy. And then I started researching and um, I found that uh, for what we wanted to do and the travel we wanted to do, um, Taiwan, South Korea, and Japan were the best options. And then we settled on um, South Korea and we told them we didn't want to do Seoul. So we went to this place called Gangwon-do, which is in the uh, northeast corner of, of of South Korea. So it was a, it was a change. Our one-year sabbatical turned into five. And while we were there, we started a business with a Korean business partner. And we had to build a pretty complex website for the business. And I, I went through all these devs and I realized, you know, no websites are this complex or most are not. And so I got the bright idea of general contracting websites using the the team that I had. And that was actually going pretty well. And I brought my brother into the company. He does web design and development. And then I got the bright idea. I was like, hey, look, you know, all of our devs are freelancing from India. What if we go to India, open a business there, and then we can kind of get more devs and we can kind of get them in one place and we'll get more productivity out of them. And uh, so that's what we did. So we went to this small town in the foothills of the Himalayas. And we started a company. We were renting this place where the business was on the first floor and the second floor was were apartments. We were told you're going to get a shakedown from the police because that's just kind of how it works. I was in the US at the time. My brother was there. He was staying in the apartments and there's a knock on the door and it's the police. And they go, we need to see your papers. And he says, okay, they hear the papers and they go, these are the wrong papers. And he's like, okay, how much do you want? And instead of taking the, asking for a bribe, they put him in handcuffs and threw him in jail. So now my brother's in jail <laughs> and um, he's talking to the chief of police and the chief of police goes, look, these could be the right papers. I don't know. You have two choices. One, you can leave town tomorrow. Two, you can sit in jail and wait for the magistrate to come and the magistrate will sort it out. And my brother goes, well, when does the magistrate come? And the chief of police goes, I don't know. So he goes, I think I'll leave town tomorrow then. 
So he runs back to the office. Our employees have fled because they don't want any part of this. He gets what he can. We get him out of the country. And now we're hemorrhaging clients because we don't have employees. And my brother goes, look, I can take these four clients because he codes and I don't code. And we had just started doing this thing that I'd heard about called SEO, where you know we'd sold the sites and now we could maybe get like $100 a month out of them. Basically for me to pay the rent next month, I had to learn SEO that day so that I could keep those clients and uh, figure out how to survive. And that's pretty much what I did. I was able to keep the clients that we had. Turns out I wasn't bad at it and um, was able to grow it from there. It's a wild ride <laughs> at the beginning, I can tell you. Absolutely. Talk about motivation. When I was trying to figure it out, I, I would search like, you know, is this a ranking factor? And I get three yeses and three no's and three maybes. And I was just like, this isn't the way to do it. And then I was like, oh, you know what? Everyone's just doing their own test sites. That must be how, the, how they're learning. And so I started setting up the test sites and then I figured out a way to test Google's algorithm. And then in uh, 2015 was the first time I spoke on stage. And it was a really high level conference, a great conference, only about 40 people there at, at this particular one. And it's, it was interactive. You know, you could talk to the speakers and I was talking on on the testing method that I had developed. And I really thought this would be collaborative. I'm going to show you what I'm doing. You guys are going to talk about what you're doing. We're going to kind of figure something out. And five minutes in the talk, I realized, oh, nobody's doing this. <laughs> this is No one is doing this at all. And um, I ended up getting a patent I have a U.S. patent on the testing method that I developed on on whether something is or is not a ranking factor in Google. And then from there, that kind of got me into the idea of taking a scientific and a mathematical approach to SEO, that it isn't, you know, pixie dust. It's not, you know, witchcraft. <laughs> you don't need a wizard, you know, that, um, you know, you can actually sit down and figure some things out. And that's the approach that I've taken uh, in my SEO career. To prove that SEO isn't magic, but math, Kyle completed the Lorem Ipsum Challenge the competition was to rank for keywords like rhinoplasty plano. A rhinoplasty is a nose job and plano is right side of outside of Dallas, Texas. And it was a sprint. It was 30 days. And the only rule was uh, you had to have a brand new domain. So you couldn't have an existing domain. You've done something to. Other than that, whatever you want to do. And I felt I had a pretty strong team with me at the agency. I felt I was pretty decent at SEO. So it was me and 27 other, I think, professionals uh, jumped in. At the end of that 30 days, I think we took fifth uh, officially. We were mid-page nine in that fifth spot. Two weeks later, we went to page one in Google and we didn't do anything to it. It was just after launch. And then two weeks after that, we were number one in Google. And about two weeks after that, we were one in Google and one in Maps. And then we wiped out the Maps and we were the knowledge panel. So we were Rhinoplasty Plano, which was pretty funny. And people really started to lose their minds at this time. And, and the reason they lost their minds is because we did the entire site in Lorem Ipsum. So we built you know a homepage in Lorem Ipsum. We built a target page for the term in Lorem Ipsum. And we built supporting pages and built out a silo for them all in Lorem Ipsum. And then what we did is uh, we did the math. How many times we needed the target keyword in certain places, its variations in certain places, contextual terms in certain places. And then we very crassly copied and pasted the, the words into the Lorem Ipsum in those places the, the right number of times. Really to show that while you certainly need good content, good copy to convert, you know, when somebody comes to your site, you, you, you want them to do something, right? And that's where the good copy comes in. But when it comes to rank, that's a whole other animal. And rank has nothing to do with good, good content. It has everything to do with math. And if you give the algorithm the math that it wants, you can rank very, very well. Is that where Surfer comes into play? You know, when I look at something like Surfer SEO and these other tools, and it'll say, hey, your, your content's too long. And you're like, what do you mean? I've got this really robust article that really covers the topic. And sometimes when you reduce the amount of content, is it, does it play into that keyword density uh, in that scientific uh, portion of the algorithm? Is that what you think? The way to think about it is term frequency in specific areas. So there are different places that 
Google will look on a page, such as your title tag, your H1, your H2s and H3s, your, your paragraph text. Those are all separate places that Google will look. And I think the better way to think about it is term frequency in those areas, more so than a density, but it's so similar. You could, I think if you thought about it as density, I think you'd be totally fine. Uh, density within those particular regions. Um, term frequency, I think is like the counts, I think are a better way to look at it, but you'll get there on density as well. Yeah. And one other thing, and I, I heard this conversation with you and Matt Diggity was talking about not trying to make it difficult for Google to understand. So let's say we have a personal injury attorney listening and he wants to rank for, let's say, Houston car accident lawyer. So some SEO specialists would say, you know, to optimize maybe in the title and the H1, they would say, you know, Houston car accident attorney, Houston auto accident lawyer or law firm. And, and, and we know that synonyms and the related play into that. But I heard where you mentioned like, hey, make them consistent. Don't try to confuse Google. Can you kind of elaborate on that too? Can you imagine um, opening a book and you look at the table of contents and chapter four has a title, right? And then you go to chapter four and you get there on the right page and the title is something different, close but different. Wouldn't that be weird? Wouldn't that like throw you off a little bit? Am I on the right page? Did I... Did I do this wrong? That's the same thing to me. If you do a different page title, the title that search engines see, and then a different H1, the title that humans see, it makes no sense to me to try to out clever it. We've run this test before multiple times, and it always wins having the same title, uh, page title, and same H1 will always win. But bots, you have to make it as easy as possible for them. Google's amazing, right? Unbelievable. And and the semantic understanding that it has is, is unparalleled. But at the same time, why make it hard? You know, make it easy for Google to understand what this page is about. There are top four places to put a keyword. They've been consistent since 2015. And that's putting the keyword in your URL, your title tag, your H1, and one time in paragraph tags. And if you do those four things, you've probably done 60% of SEO right then and there. Don't overthink it. <laughs> you know, just put the keyword in those four places. One caveat, though, if um, if you have an existing page and it's doing pretty well and you don't have the keyword in your URL, don't change your URL to, to put it in because you're giving Google a brand new page. Keep that as is. So do that on like brand new pages going forward or pages that aren't performing well. But um, otherwise, you want your keyword in those four spots and you've got you've done a lot. Don't overthink it. Just do that. Stick to those basics and you can do really well. Yeah. And to, to the point where now Google's even smacking people in the mouth and they're changing the title tag based upon the H1 automatically. I kind of want to pull this together in terms of content, the content trust ladder and and how it plays into moving up the ladder and, and not necessarily needing links. And you've done some studies there. But, you know, let's say, for example, we have an attorney that practices criminal defense, but they also practice personal injury. You know, are you in the two sites camp? Are you in one big authoritative site? Because they're different themes, they're different topics and subtopics. How how do you approach that? You can do two on one one site for sure, and and then be very successful. The the only thing you want to avoid is being thin on two things where you could have been deep on one. So I wouldn't sacrifice them both uh, by going like really shallow uh, on each of them. I would, if you have to choose, like if you only have so many resources, I would go in depth on one before I moved on to the other. Um, that's the only thing that I would consider. So as long as you can go deep and, and be comprehensive in both of them, you can do both on the same on the same site for sure. Kyle and his team used Matt to figure out how to rank the term rhinoplasty plano. This led Kyle to start his company, Page Optimizer Pro. At first, Kyle and his team manually entered data. Eventually, the team created a way to automatically scrape data from sites and import it into Google Sheets to analyze. But the innovation came with its own problems. We started breaking Google Sheets like you wouldn't believe. And then we realized we needed something a little more robust. And actually, my one business partner, Maria, 
She goes, I think this should be a Python script. She's like, I think I can go learn Python. And then she goes out and learned Python in two weeks. And in week three, she writes the first script for, for the tool, which was unbelievable. And that script actually lasted for a little bit. What we did is we put it on the back end of the agency site where you would just put in like a, an email address and your keyword basically. And then we would email you a spreadsheet. I think I got to the point that our bill was just too high on, on hosting. <laughs> You know, and, and so we took it off that and put it into an actual like SaaS tool. And we basically kind of gave it away for free for about six or seven months as people were kind of using it and we're just kind of figuring out how it worked. And then um, it was June of 2018. We were like, hey, we got to charge a dollar a spreadsheet, guys. Blew my mind was in that first month we made $2,600, which means we did 2,600 runs. And I was like, that's insane to me. <laughs> like that many people were, were using it. And then it's only just taken off from there. If you look at the report IDs, it, that's actually a running number of how many times we've run the tool. And we're over a million now, which never in a million years would I have thought that this would have taken off. And I think it's kind of a testament to the fact that it works, you know, that we are consistently putting out good information. And we're also priced at a point where you don't have to choose between us and another tool. We've always kind of wanted to be there for the, the person that is going up against huge, huge and huge and would like to be competitive. So we're giving enterprise level data and not an enterprise level data price for that reason. Because I remember being the little guy, you know, and, you know, like it would be great to get a leg up. And so we've really tried to be mindful in our pricing of where you can get all the bells and whistles and you can give us a lot of money, don't worry. But you could also get in at a $27 a month price point and um, still get effective SEO out of it. A lot of our audience uses SimRocher Ahrefs. What are the differences for, for, let's say a novice attorney listening, how could he or she use Page Optimizer Pro uh, for their website? Those tools are comprehensive, right? They're looking at keyword research, they're looking at backlinks, they're looking at keyword gaps, content gaps, that kind of thing. We are solely focused on on-page SEO. And big distinguishing factors, we do our own math. I wrote the algorithm. We're one of the few tools that doesn't give averages and doesn't use somebody else's API to do the recommendations recommendations come from us. We do our own scraping and we do um, our own calculations. And so um, what we do is we call edge analysis. There are times when you want to do more than your competitor, but there are times we want to do less. There are times we want to do the same, and that will give you the best opportunity for ranking well. And that's what we do. So we try to find those edges and what those numbers should be with the idea that if you kind of get within a good score on our, we have an optimization score, if you get like an 80 plus, you can feel pretty confident that you've done just about all you can do on page. You know, that is that is giving you the best opportunity to rank for your terms from an on-page perspective. And then from there, you can go do the other signals such as, you know, backlinks and stuff like that. When you say on-page, what encompasses titles, meta, uh, meta descriptions? Like, what are you looking at in terms of those components? The easiest way to think of it would be the, the words that people see on the page. Um, there are some words that people don't see on the page that are counted, such as like the page title, the title tag. You know, that's something that search engines see, whereas like humans would see the H1. There are a few other things that are counted as well, but mostly it's what you can see. And I say that kind of with a hedge because people will be like, you know, I'm in my WordPress editor here and it says I have 600 words, but Pop is saying I've got 1600. That's because there's a lot going on on your page and Google is considering a lot of those things and just you can't see it. Um, and that is a, a tricky concept for some people. But otherwise, it's kind of like the stuff that goes into the page, that's what we're looking at. We don't actually look at meta descriptions, but there are other things within the metadata area that we are looking at, kind of depending on the signal. Just descriptions more because I guess they would impact more of the behavioral signals like click-through rate and things like that. That's correct. That's correct. Google is displaying different titles than what you're optimized for. 
Does it have some of those checks? It seems like, hey, you're fighting against Google. You know, don't fight Google. Go with Google. You know, the people that have that have that issue are usually people that have tried to write two different titles, one that they're giving to Google and one that they're giving uh, to humans. And it's often what Google will switch is what it sees on the page. But this is an experience that we've all had. Have you ever seen like a title and then a description like, oh, that's what I want? Click on there and you get to that page and it's not there at all. Oh, yeah. That's awful. That's a terrible experience. Google knows that. And so often if Google's making a switch on that, Google thinks that's the experience that people will have by going to your page. So they're, they're changing something. So you want to give a stronger signal of what this page is about. Uh, that That's where those issues come in, where where Google is, is changing a title or changing your, your meta description because it doesn't think it matches what that search is. So you want to make sure that what you're presenting, like say in that meta description actually exists on the page. And that's how you can kind of avoid those things from happening. A lot of times when we're doing benchmark analysis or competitive analysis, we're going and we're seeing like the link gap or, for example, something like Surfer saying, hey, the top sites all have X amount of words and yours has this. And and like we're trying to beat the, the competition. So you're taking it more of an individual approach. Obviously, the external factors have to contribute to rankings, but are you are you benchmarking and, and looking at industry specific, um, you know, examples to, to make these? You know, without getting into the details of your 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 math, things vary keyword to keyword, niche to niche. All we can do is look at what Google is presenting for a particular keyword. But that's an important concept because the secret is hiding in plain in plain sight. Google shows you the sites that it likes for a particular keyword. Google doesn't play hide the ball. It doesn't like throw in an oddball just to like throw you off the trail. The sites that are there are the ones that Google likes, and it likes them for their on page, their off page, or a combination of the two. So if we can isolate. Um, what's going on in the on page of these SERPs, then we can start to give recommendations. Now, a big thing that we do, though, is we do a pretty decent job with outliers. So where, say, a particular page just has like way too much of something in a particular area, we do a pretty decent job of ignoring that or at least muting it for the recommendations that we're going to give. And the thing, too, is we don't look at the page as a whole. So we, we look at actually the individual areas. So while one page might have like this section and like, yeah, it's too much, they're not getting an edge for that. So we'll mute that. But this section over here actually might be pretty good. Those numbers look good. So then we will factor in those. So we do look at individual pages. We look for outliers on those pages, but we also look for outliers inside of all those specific places when we give our, our recommendations. We, we see what Google likes, and then we it is based off of that, off the, the what, what appears there for that particular search. But then we really try to find the, the, the place that is actually giving the edge and where things are actually happening. And, that, and those are the recommendations that we're trying to give. Win that election. If links for your site are votes to Google, then you want as many votes as possible to win higher rankings. Here's Kyle's take on getting votes with more weight and how to win. You certainly need them. <laughs> and in the legal space, uh, you certainly need them as well. Um, but what I've found is the more that you uh, dial in your on-page, the fewer links you need. And so the, the one thing you completely control is what goes onto your site. And so that's the thing where I think you really want to invest the majority of your time is if you can get that as right as possible, then you need fewer things. It's going to speed up time for, for ranking for terms. It's going to reduce cost for ranking for terms when you do that correctly. Now, not just the page itself, but you're going to want to build out pages to support that page. You know, things that are maybe question, answering questions that are kind of in the neighborhood, but maybe not specific that should be on that page, but it's kind of around it. If you build out those pages and interlink them together, and then they start to rank for terms, they start to get their own authority. You know, they start to gain, gain their own juice as they get keywords and impressions and clicks. And so if you have proper interlinking with those supporting pages and shoot those up to your target page, that's essentially a backlink that you built yourself on your own site. It's also completely white hat. 
you don't have to worry about Google not liking it because it's your own site. And so in addition to dialing my on page, I would also dial in my supporting pages and my internal linking structure so I can take advantage of all the work that I've done. Once I've gone through that process, then I'm going to look at, okay, what do I need to do externally then to boost this as well? If you take care of those first two steps, that's going to do a lot of the heavy lifting. Even for some competitive terms, you can start to perform pretty well. And then that'll reduce the overall cost and the overall need of uh, backlinks or other external signals. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And and also just the the amount of time in terms of those links. So not only you need to do your prospecting and then you go through a quality review and then you get approved and then the webmaster has to take the content live, you know, if you're doing some uh, manual outreach. Um, and then you got the speed of indexing. So yeah, do your on page. And then on top of that, there's probably a time factor where the link doesn't you know do any benefit anymore. So you did all that, maybe it only lasted for six months, you know, and you have to build more. Yeah. But if you dialed in the on page a little bit better, you know, you might not have needed it. Let's expound on that because that's that's something different that you don't hear often. So you say, hey, it may only work for six months. Is it is it because Google just stops crawling the page because it's the content's no longer fresh. Is that like the biggest issue you see there? Yeah, there, there are a lot of reasons for link rot. Um, one could be Google just doesn't like that page anymore. Google doesn't like that site anymore. There, there's probably a time factor to links anyway. You're only going to get so much value for so much time. So after a certain amount of time, you probably lose the value of that link. And that's just that. Pages go down. <laughs> like, you know, all of a sudden it's, it's a 404. They might also even just take it down themselves. You got that placement, they might decide they're going to give it to somebody else. You know, like all those things happen, all those things are link rot. Once you start building backlinks, you probably will have to consistently build them, which is true, as as you will kind of lose those ones on the back and you'll still want to bring in new ones. But at the same time, you could also continue to build out content on your site to protect you from those variances. The other big thing is that if Google decides they don't like a link anymore, like in a particular update, I used to think of like people getting hit. They were building links, they got hit, and now, you know, they've been smacked and they've dropped. I don't really see it that way anymore. I view it more like Google kind of put you down back where you belong, you know, because those backlinks were boosting you up higher than where you should have been, you know, because you didn't have this foundation on your site, building up your authority through your content, through your internal linking. You're doing it all through external links. As soon as Google doesn't like those, you drop. And it's not, in my mind, it's not a penalty anymore. It's, this is just where you belong and they're putting it back down. So I think you should kind of have a strategy where you're slowly but surely raising your authority through things that you control on your own site so that when those updates happen, when Google decides they don't like it anymore, maybe you, you take a hit, but it's, it, it's a small little drop and ra rather than like the variances like go like this. You kind of want that slow, steady gain. And you can do that all through on page and through supporting content. Yeah. And I, I, I couldn't agree more with that. And I think that's where a lot of people get into trouble is they'll just concentrate all their link building efforts to one page. And it's super unnatural as it relates to the other pages in that uh, that you're competing against. And so you get that boost and then it's, it's just the constant, you know, hamster wheel that you're playing on. That's exactly right. Tell me just general thoughts, AI, kind of where's the industry going, uh, the opportunity for, you know, personal injury attorneys to drive cases um, using search. I think the big thing is it's going to be okay. We're going to be fine. I, I know a lot of SEOs that are on the ledge and I have to talk them off the ledge. Right now, the, the generative uh, AI that we have, the, the language models, that's all they are, are language models. And to be honest, they're fancy spinners. That's really all that they are. They don't, they aren't creating anything. There's nothing AI about them. They're not intelligent. They're not creating. They're taking information that are words that they know. And then they're predicting what words should come up based on what you've asked it. That's not anything that anybody needs to be concerned about in terms of losing a job. My entire career, every six months, SEO has died every six months. And not somehow, not only has it not died, it's continued to flourish and it's done remarkably well. Yep. So I can see that maybe there are going to be some tweaks here and there on, on some things, 
But at the end of the day, as long as it's an algorithm, that means there'll be optimization. The only time we're screwed is when it's humans actually just picking the order. This is the order that should be. As long as it's math, as long as it's an algorithm, even if it's an AI generated algorithm, that's still an algorithm that'll still need optimization. Basically, we'll we'll be doing this, I think, till we don't want to do it anymore instead of us getting kicked out of anything. The one way I would use AI right now is that it does speed up content generation, in particular, like content ideas. I think that's a great way to do it. But you cannot um, just ask it for content and then take that and put it onto your site, uh, especially in the law space. I'm sure you heard about the lawyer that filed the brief with the fake cases, right? That was intense, where ChatGPT gave, gave them four very fake cases. Lied about it too. Are these real cases? Yeah, those are real cases because it's not lying. It's and it's not looking up information because it just doesn't know. So anything you get does need to be edited for tone, brand, factual situations, and then also uniqueness. So while I think you can speed up the process of content generation a bit, you still have to have a lot of human intervention, and you also need a plan. You know, you can't come up with a plan for for your SEO. <laughs> it can help you do uh, SEO a little bit faster. But if you're bad at SEO, it's just going to help you do bad SEO faster. Like it's not going to somehow drag you into, you're not going to be an amazing SEO because of it. You still have to prompt it to get the stuff back out of it. You still have to manipulate that content and how it's going to work in a grand, uh, a broader scheme or campaign. AI is not doing any of that. So we'll be good. <laughs> We're fine. I, I would use it for content generation and that's about it. One thousand percent, and and I am in complete agreement of of article spinner two is essentially what it is. You know, it's and it's great. I mean, it's impressive. Yes, but that's all that it is. Yeah, and I, and you have to have the unique personalization. You know, make it personal and 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 all that. Otherwise, you could get into trouble for for a variety of reasons. Um, the unique aspects, everything to that degree. And I'm with you. I think all SEOs when when ChatGPT came out were like, oh shit, <laughs> we're done. Right. But then it's like, oh, you use it and it's like, oh, okay, here are the limitations. And then you have to take a step back and say, well, Google's not going to change. They're going to optimize their algorithm, but they still have to sort everything on the web. And if they have to sort that and it's it can't be done manually, the labor arbitrage there would be (laughs) ridiculous compared to what they're doing with software uh, software and, and just algorithms. Yeah, there's just a lot of opportunity, I think, to. The other thing that I think there's going to be more emphasis on the, uh, and just personally, just the, on the review side from a local SEO brick and mortar capacity. And we already see a lot of pressure there anyways, but you know, it feels like there's this monopoly when there's only three results, not counting paid. And when, you know, the new, new algorithm, you know, there's a lot more maps, a uh, lot more options kind of like reminds me of like an Amazon shopping cart compared to yeah. a shopping scenario. That just means more opportunities for optimization. Thanks so much to Kyle for sharing his insights. Let's go over the takeaways. Keep it simple. Make things easy for Google to understand. Place the keyword in the URL, title tag, H1, and then paragraph tags. Can you imagine opening a book and you look at the table of contents and chapter four has a title, right? And then you go to chapter four and you get there on the right page and the title is something different, close but different. Wouldn't that be weird? Wouldn't that like throw you off a little bit? Am I on the right page? Did I do this wrong? That's the same thing to me if you do a different page title, the title that search engines see, and then a different H1, the title that humans see. Maximize organic rankings. Nail on-page SEO, content, and internal linking. Invest time into creating high-quality, relevant content on your main target pages. Doing this well will help them rank better and faster. It can also reduce the number of external links you need. 
If you build out those pages and interlink them together, and then they start to rank for terms, they start to get their own authority. You know, they start to gain, gain their own juice as they get keywords and impressions and clicks. And so if you have proper interlinking with those supporting pages and shoot those up to your target page, that's essentially a backlink that you built yourself on your own site. Go all in. If your firm covers two or more practice areas, go deep on one area first, then build out the second practice area. If you have to choose, like if you only have so many resources, I would go in depth on one before I moved on to the other. That's the only thing that I would consider. So as long as you can go deep and, and be comprehensive in both of them, you can do both on the same on the same site for sure. All right, everybody. I hope we added a few more tools to your kit. For more about Kyle and Page Optimizer Pro, head on over to the show notes. While you're there, leave me a five-star review. I'll be forever grateful. Thanks for listening to Personal Injury Mastermind with me, Chris Stryer, founder and CEO of Rankings.io. Catch you next time. I'm out.